everyone. Welcome back to the Hotel Man podcast. I hope you're well. Thank you again um, for all the support for the show. Uh, my Instagram followers have been climbing quite a lot actually recently. I think I'm sitting at like 350 now, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, thank you for all the support. Um, it means a lot. Um, hopefully that means people are taking some, um, not advice, I guess. I mean, I'm not a qualified person at all. I'm literally just speaking from experience, my own opinions, as as I will continue saying, I'm no by no means a professional, but um, hopefully it's helping. Listen to me rambling on about um, life things. <laughs> the best way to describe it. Um, so I hope you're good. I hope you're well. I hope your week's going well. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you did want to follow me on social media, um, my Instagram is at How to Man Podcast. Um, as always, if you enjoy the show, please make sure you drop me a review. Um, please make sure you subscribe to the show as well, because that makes a hell of a lot of difference. Um, thank you very much. So this week um, is quite a personal episode. Um, I'm not sure if I've put... I think I've put bits and bobs on social media before, but... Um, it's, a, it's based around IVF and um, how that impacts the man and the relationship. Um, now, when you try and say that to some people, you kind of get a bit of an eye roll. It's just like, oh, you don't do anything during IVF. And yeah, correct. You know, physically, we don't do anything for IVF apart from support. But as you'll find out in this episode, it's not quite as black and white as everyone thinks it is. So that's what I want to do today. Um, so I'm going to start from the beginning. Um Myself and my wife Steph, when we first um, started trying for kids, um, unfortunately, right at the beginning, we had a um, very early miscarriage, um, which was horrible. It was very, very, very early days, like weeks in, um, which I know is extremely common. Um, that obviously didn't make it any easier, um, but you know it, it happens a lot. And um, if if you are trying for children at the moment, or you might have already had this experience, um, it's it's very common. It happens more than anybody can even fathom. Um, so we went through that stage, and yeah, it was it was it was it wasn't great. Um, but you know we moved moved past it, and um, we kind of waited a little while for everything to get settled down, and we tried again. And um, what actually ended up happening is. Um, Steph fell pregnant. Uh, she fell pregnant naturally. Um, and I forget how long she was in now. It was a few months in, month or so in. And um, she ended up, she wasn't feeling very well. And she got, I got a phone call while I was at work. And um, her mum called me. And her mum never calls me, you know, um, unless something's wrong. I was like, shit, what the fuck's happened here? Like, what's happened? Who's, what's, what's gone on? Picked up um, the phone. Steph had been rushed to hospital emergency surgery. Um, they were suspected ectopic pregnancy. Um, so obviously I hot-tailed it over to, um, if you guys know the area with the, where I live very well, uh, Norwich Hospital. Um, I was in a place called Dis at work at the time, so it's about like an hour's drive, but I swear to God I didn't like half an hour. <laughs> I, I don't even remember the journey. I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. Um, I mean, it was pretty touch and go. Um, it was, it's one of those situations where I've kind of locked it away in a little box in my head, um, cause it was quite traumatic, um, to, to think shit, like not only could I now lose this, this, um, very fresh child, but I could also lose my wife as well. 
Um, so that was a bit of an emotional roller coaster. And um, yeah, she did end up having an ectopic pregnancy and she actually had to have one of her tubes removed. Um, it was that bad. Um, and uh, yeah, so from from that, we kind of let, let her recover and everything. And she ended up going to see a, um, a doctor who referred us over to IVF. Um, now, obviously, the first thing, <laughs> selfishly or whatever you want to call it, as a man, you think shit is it me you know have i have i got a low sperm count have i got this have i got a problem and you don't know you know you got to do all these tests and everything um so when it all initially kind of kicked off you have to do all these tests you have to have blood tests you have to do um, semen samples and all this sort of thing and let me just say guys if you ever have to give a semen sample that is the most humbling walk you will ever do in your life which is hand in a tub of your sample (laughs) to someone behind a counter literally i remember walking through a hospital with like a little tub full of me (laughs) and being like here you go have my cum (laughs) and it was really weird um but yeah um that was all okay um the count was fine steph's egg count was absolutely fine as well it was literally the case where um i guess the best way to describe it was it wasn't necessarily fertility that was our problem it was um it was Imagine like driving down, a, this is the best way I describe it to people, it's like imagine driving down a road and like the road in the middle is missing and you can't get over that gap. That's kind of what we had. So that, that bridge in the middle was where it was um, falling down a little bit. Um, obviously IVF, they they get the egg, get, get the sperm, they put them together and they inject it straight into where it needs to go. Um, so you bypass that problem. Um, and luckily we did fall pregnant first time um now i'm jumping a little bit so i'm just going to bring it back a little bit so to get to that point um the woman has to do self-injections a lot um and it starts off with like the um if you know anyone who's like diabetic you have like a it's almost like like a pen so like at the top there's like a little button you press and it like shoots the needle out and it injects you, and um, Steph had to do that around her stomach, obviously all bruised and everything like that. And um, I did what I could to help her. Obviously, it messes the hormones up massively, and this, that, and the other. Um, so as the guy in this situation, and again, I'm not trying to make this sound like, oh, we have it harder, because you know, physically we don't, but mentally, it's difficult, because um, you have to watch your other half go through this traumatic thing of you know, injecting themselves every day and having their bodies go crazy and, you know, and their highs and lows and all over the place. And um, it's very, very challenging to go through and watch. I mean, I did everything I could to try and help and support at the time. Um, I, hopefully I did enough to what I, what I, I, I hold myself in quite high standards when it comes to, you know, how to kind of treat a female, if that makes sense. I'm quite old school in that situation. Um, and I would never want anything to go wrong. Like, I'd, I'd do the cleaning, I'd do the cooking, I'd do this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd try and make sure that everything that she was comfortable all the time. Um, so we got to the point where everything was okay. Um, they did the, uh, they took obviously my sperm sample, the count was fine. Did the trans, the, um, what was it called, uh, where, where they injected in. I forget what the technical terminology is now. Um, and yeah, I, I remember being there and watching, they have it on like a TV, they basically have like this really long, like, almost like a knitting needle looking thing, 
with like the the embryo on the top and they kind of just put it straight in um and i watched it on the camera just get implanted into um in, in into steph and um that was crazy which is like that's life like right there that is literally life um the very beginnings of life but still it's life um and i remember i was away for work um on like some course thing and um i was facetime with steph in the morning and she's like oh look what the dogs have done <laughs> and um she turned the thing around and it had like a little um bodysuit that said on there the embryo that could and on that was like three or four pregnancy tests and i was just like the fuck is that didn't really compute if i'm honest with you because i wasn't expecting it and she's like i'm pregnant i was like oh my fucking god this is the best thing in the world i sobbed sobbed like a baby for about 10 15 minutes i couldn't go downstairs i had to miss my breakfast because i was i was sobbing um and i was just like oh fuck like this is this has happened holy shit um this is this 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 is crazy um and when we got to that point it was it was very magical and obviously exciting and everything but then because of what happened before and if you are going through something similar to what i'm going or what i did go through um the anxiety kicks in really quickly with it because you know you've had the miscarriage before you know that you've had the atopic pregnancy before which you know isn't the problem now because it's straight inside where it needs to go it's not it's not in the tube um but when you start actually thinking about it you're like shit i need to wrap this woman in cotton wool for the next like nine months like it my my life goal now was to protect this this woman who's carrying my child um at all costs like i remember being in being in tesco and um i think it was tesco and someone like barged into steph like walked past and like barged in and i literally like turned i was about to i was about to start fucking throwing down <laughs> and steph was like what are you doing i was like he's just fucking barged into you she's like it's just a person walking into me and i was like okay i'm sorry but as a as a guy you kind of get really defensive over it um i'm not sure if, if any of you guys who Again, this this will relate to people who have kids or have had kids, but um, or looking to have kids. I'm not really a a physical sort of guy. I'm I'm a lover, not a fighter. But um, it's weird, man. It turns you like almost cavemanny. You know, it, it turns you like primal a little bit. And you're just like, I will defend this person. Um, which is quite which is quite scary. Um, so if we fast forward a few months, I appreciate I'm jumping around, but that's kind of how I um the best way to get my words out of my head um is just splurt them out um if we fast forward a few months um stuff was having like um reduced movement um so we had to you have to go into the room and uh, they basically tie like this giant rubber band around your stomach around steph's stomach not my stomach um they've just hit my coffee but they tie this rubber band thing you have to like click this little clicker and whenever you hear hear the baby move sort of thing and we were there like we were there quite a lot um i think a little bit of it was probably us over worrying about it but again as as the man side of it you can't really comment because it's very easy as a guy to turn around and go oh, it's fine don't worry about it like it's not an issue but you're not carrying the child you know that's one thing i want to try and get across to people is when when your wife is pregnant it's you just have to be there for her all the time 
Uh, and it's hard, man. It's difficult. Um, it's difficult to... Because rationally, you know nothing's wrong. Rationally, you know everything is fine. But the second they think something's wrong, then, yeah, something's wrong. You can't you can't argue it because who are you to argue it, you know? So we, we spent a few times up there. Um, late in the evenings, uh, you know, everything was obviously fine. But that's always scary as well. Like, that drive up there, she's just like, I can't feel the moving. I'm just like, well, fuck, like, we need to get to the hospital then. And then that anxiety kicks in, and immediately you go into, like, fight or flight mode again. You're just, like, getting angry, and you're just like, I need to get to the hospital. I need to make sure everything's okay. And all this sort of stuff kind of builds up a little bit over time. And um, I'm very good at getting to a point of, um, I guess, frustration, nervousness, anxiety, all this sort of stuff, and getting to a point, and then I kind of cap. And then I kind of de-stress again. Now, I don't know if that's like my brain going, enough now, turn it off, mute yourself. Um, or that's just the way I process things. I'm not really too sure. Um, but if you're anything like me, it's a very strange um, very strange road to go down because you want to help as much as you can, but there's only so much you can do. Um, you just need to be present. and You just need to be there. You need to be adult and grown up enough to be like you know it's not about you if you're if you're tired at like one o'clock in the morning and your wife goes i can't feel the baby move then you're fucking going to the doctors to get a little check done you, you're going because the suit the soon as soon as you don't do that you've you're not failed but you know what i mean you've you've basically said i don't care and i, I that is one thing i would never do when it comes to i've always said when i have kids when when it comes to them they are the most important thing be it inside my wife, be it, be it in my arms, you know, they are the most important thing, and they need to be, make sure everything's okay, all, need to make sure everything's okay at all times, so when that happens, just do it, um, even if you know in your heart of hearts that everything's fine, just do it, because it's not for you, it's for them, um, and they are the ones carrying your kid, so you need to be grown up and adult enough to, to realize that it's not about you, um, so if we fast forward a few, a few weeks, a few months, um, that gets induced so um we get it like a time frame now <laughs> inducing is a funny one because we assumed so i'm just moving my leg because i've got a dead leg i'm sitting on the floor at the moment see now a professional podcast would edit that bit out but i'm not going to because i don't want to um so the um yeah so we get induced instead of gets induced um on the wednesday i think it was the wednesday um so I start taking maternity leave. So I was like, right, you're getting induced. Um, and you go, um, I speak to work. I was like, yeah, go, it's fine. We'll start your maternity leave from today. And I actually, I actually took um, holiday instead of maternity leave. Because maternity leave for a guy is is shit pay. It was like £100 a week or something like that. I was like, well, I'm not going to live on that shit. So I specifically had to save up um, holiday to use. Now, that's something, again, I don't really understand or agree with why men's paternity is is such bad pay i mean first of all you only get two weeks which is bullshit um as i'll explain when i go further down this episode as to why i needed more time off than two weeks um but you, you don't get it and it's it's so bad um i don't know why as a country we're like that um i don't know enough about everyone else's healthcare in different countries but i can't imagine this it's i can't imagine anybody agrees that that's fair you know um, anyway, I'll touch on that in a bit. So Steph gets induced on a Wednesday. Um, we're literally sitting around for like three days 
So nothing actually ends up happening until the um, Saturday. Um, then stuff starts kicking around. They they give Steph an epidural because um, I was like, well, we need to get we need to get things moving now. Um, so we're like, okay, fine. So she starts pushing. She starts pushing. We're in our little room. The the people at the Norfolk and Norwich Hospital, um, Norwich Hospital, were just fantastic. The um the actual ward were brilliant. Um, everyone we saw was fantastic. Um, and I cannot speak highly enough of them. Um, so yeah, Steph Steph starts pushing, and um, she's pushing for like felt like an eternity, but it was like an hour or so. And they was like, right, we've made some movement. We can see this, that, and the other. And they were doing like the whole sweep thing, which is just oh, basically where they just put their hand up and like touch the baby's head. And it's just like, oh, makes me cringe a little bit, which I know is childish, but you know, it's gross. Um, so, they, so, so they do that. And they're just like, right, she's, um, Matilda was kind of like, my daughter, Matilda was like kind of kinked around to the left. So instead of coming straight down, she was like to the left a little bit. And they're like, right, we need to, um, we get you into theater because you can keep pushing. You all you're gonna do is tie yourself out, and that baby's not gonna move. So basically, if you just imagine like she's just kind of round a bend, <laughs> is the best way the doctor described to me. Because I'm just like, give me visuals, dude. And um, he was like, right. So imagine she's like on a bend. So she was like, kind of just not getting over this this bump. So um, we go into surgery, um, which I was not prepared for in the slightest, and especially wasn't prepared for what was about to happen. Um, uh, this might be a bit of a trigger for some people, so. Please proceed with the rest of this episode's caution. This next part of the episode is going to be based around childbirth and um, a baby arriving and not necessarily a, um, um, what's the best way to describe it? Not necessarily an ideal situation. Um, so just if, if, you, if you are going to be triggered by something like this, please just pause the episode or skip another five minutes, ten minutes or something because, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about because it's something that everybody needs to hear if they're in that situation. Um and also quite hard for me to revisit it, if I'm honest with you. Um, so we go into surgery, and um, they end up having to use the forceps uh, to get Matilda out. Um, obviously, curtain up, I'm sitting next to Steph, she's had an epidural done, she's not feeling much. Um, she's kind of out of it a little bit. Um, she's exhausted, bless her, she's been in there for three days, obviously sleeping on a hospital ward, not ideal. Um, not exactly the comfiest place in the world, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so she's she's in there. I'm excited. She's excited. We're both nervous. I'm just like, right, what happens now? And I'm kind of sitting in the corner near the door whilst I'm getting everything set up. And I'm just like, fuck, that's a lot of tools. You know, I've got, I'm very good at analyzing a room. Um, and I'm just like, this doesn't look cool. I don't know what's happening here. And this guy, Dr. Latte, his name was, he was, um, he was great, man. He was like the coolest guy in the room. Um, so he, he's obviously down there with, with the forceps sorting everything out. And they're they're cutting and they're pulling and they're cutting and they're pulling and telling Steph to push and push and push and this that and the other, and um, so I was drinking some coffee. Oh, that's cold. Blah. You didn't need to know that. I've got cold coffee. Um, so she's pushing and um, obviously when a, when a baby comes out, you expect to hear a cry, which did not happen. <laughs> Yeah, um, so the, the the baby comes out. Steph's obviously out of it, and I have to, I have to be. This comes back to what I was saying about how how you need to react in these situations as a man. Um, I had to react in such a positive way. So what they usually do when the baby comes out, they place the baby directly onto the mother's chest. Um, 
skin to skin. Um, they pull Matilda out, and she's like, she's like purple. And not only is she purple, but she is also not making any noises. And um, I was watching the um, the doctor do something when he was down there, and he was talking to someone, he was talking to someone else, and they were running, and they were coming back, and they were doing something else, and they were coming back, and there was a very quick snip happening. Um, and what actually happened is that Matilda had her, the umbilical cord wrapped around her neck um, and choked her out. Um, so they they pull this, they pull Matilda out, um, and they place Matilda on top of Steph. Steph doesn't even realize what's happening at the time, and she's kind of looking at me. I think she's kind of also expecting to hear to hear the cries. So they put Matilda on the, on on the top of like this gown, and they immediately take her away, like immediately take her away. And that probably the whole situation only took about five seconds, but that was a whole eternity because I had this situation right. Obviously, your brain always goes to worst case situations, and for me, it was we've been through years, literal years of miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies and issues and IVF and this, that, and the other. And for it to end like this would be the most heartbreaking thing in the world. Um, I don't know how he would have got over it, if I'm honest with you. And I was sitting there and I was talking to Steph and Steph turned to me and went, is everything okay? I was like, yeah, it's fine. They're just going to go get it cleaned up. And I remember I remember saying it and just thinking, you fucking liar. You, you piece of shit. Like, just tell her the truth. But I couldn't, man. I, at, at that time, I couldn't turn around to her and say, well, I think she's been born with the abidical cord around her neck, so I'm not really sure. I can't really do that, can I? Um, so as, again, the protector um, that immediately kicks in, I was just like, she's fine. They're just cleaning her up. And as soon as those words left my mouth, in, the, in my head, I was just thinking, please, for the love of fucking God, cry. I've never wanted to hear a baby cry so much in my goddamn life. And I was sitting there, and those words left my mouth, and there was a beat, and then she cried. And then I cried. Like, oh, I cried, man. It was relief. And she was kicking off and screaming, and this, that, and the other, because I had to use a little, um, what are they called? The, um, the things. <laughs> I can't remember what they're called. Um, but they restart the heart and everything like that. So they had to do that to her. The little baby versions. They're, I'm not going to say they're cute, because they're fucking morbid, but, you know, they're quite cool. Um, so they used them on her. Um, and I had a cry, I went over, and obviously the cord was already cut, but I got to cut the little bit of the cord, which was pretty cool, um, not whilst it was connected to Steph, um, obviously, um, but the rest of it they let me cut, and then obviously brought it back over, and, um, yeah, that was, this is probably the first time I've really properly spoken about it for, well, since Matilda was born, about eight months ago, um, and it's because you want everyone else to be okay around you it kind of ties back to how most guys minds work if you're anything like me I would much rather everyone else was happy and confident and comfortable before I was um, and that kind of doesn't always work in your favor so when when all that was going on as soon as she cried I was like and all that stuff you've just experienced in the last um, 35 minutes put it in a box and put it in the back of your head and that's where it stayed um, because you know I guess it's kind of trauma in a way 
um, and it's difficult to um, it's difficult to try and be there for everyone else and not be there for yourself. And to be honest with you, that whole situation is one of one of the reasons I wanted to start this show in the first place. Because for me, I I have friends who are dads. Of course, I do. Um, very good friends, and who are very, very, very good dads. I'm like incredible dads. Um, but we never really talk about being dads, if that makes sense. Um, we should. We all should. Everyone should talk about everything all the time with all their friends. But we don't because that's how we are. I mean, we're trying to change it. That's what the whole point of this show is: is to change it. Um, but yeah, childbirth. Hopefully, if you have experienced childbirth or if you are going to be experiencing childbirth, I hope and pray that it's just a natural birth and everything's fine. But yeah, after that, um, Matilda's fine. She's absolutely fine. She's she's good as gold. We she was she's now like chatting and saying dada and everything like that, and she's she's just perfect. I mean, I would walk through fire for that kid. You know, if she wanted a biscuit, I'd. I would drive to the biscuit factory and make one myself. You know, <laughs> it's it's stupid shit. Um, you don't realize love until you hold this kid. Um, actually, funny funny story to end it on a bit of a highlight is that um, Steph was obviously um, underneath this gown and everything like that, and so they were doing skin to skin, and she was like, "Oh, I feel very warm all of a sudden." And like, I lifted up the um, the sheet, um, and Matilda just done like because they do like this really tarry like shit. When they when they're first born, because obviously all the all the stuff they've been eating for the last nine months, and it was she was fucking covered. So my first actual action as a dad was just to wipe down my <laughs> my my fresh born baby's body from this tar shit, and then wipe my wife down <laughs> from all this tar shit um, and everything like that. But it's just it changes you, man. Um, priorities take take different you know levels. Um, used to be a very different person to what I am now and um yeah it makes you appreciate things a lot more but then um what I was saying earlier about paternity leave and why it's shit that guys only get two weeks and if they do get two weeks it's bad pay unless you work for a company that does pay you properly um because the um the recovery the staff had to have was um obviously quite intense um so she was, she couldn't actually hold Matilda for a while. Um, ironically, she would have been better off having like a C-section. Um, so um, yeah, she was obviously very tender, very sore, um, and um, yeah, she couldn't actually hold Matilda for a while. I remember the first time she did, and she just cried, um, and then I cried. <laughs> Everybody cried. We were all pretty hiding emotions, but obviously I had to. Um, again, as the guy and the support element of it, I had to go back to work. Um, come back clean make sure everything was tidy and everything like that did everything i possibly could to make sure everything was okay um and you need to make sure you try and do it with a smile because um obviously your partner's just been through this hellish experience um you have as well but they've gone through it physically so they're still physically recovering so the first few months of having a kid is um is obviously a culture shock um we didn't sleep um when we had Matilda, so we kind of like took it in shifts to just stay awake, <laughs> basically. Um, the other thing, because you're new parents, um, you get it for the hospitals as well. We had an issue with her milk, um, so she ended up being allergic to cow's protein. 
so like the formulated to stepped in breastfeed um so with she was on the formula bottles and um when she kept coming up in rashes and all this that and the other and we went to the doctors they were just like oh you're just worried first parents you blah 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 and they're full of shit they just she was allergic to cow's protein but if we wouldn't have stood our ground and fired for that um she would have been we would have been making our kids sick all the time you know you'll you'll come across a lot of hurdles and things but the one thing I would say, um, when all said and done and everyone's recovered, just listen to your kid, man. Don't, I I personally didn't go through the whole waking them up every two hours to feed them. Like, in my head, it was a case of, if she's hungry, she'll tell me. Um, that sort of thing. And we, we've done that from the day, Dodd, and it's always been absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, as, I'll, I'll probably do some more episodes later on about being a dad and this, that, and the other. See how I find like cheat codes and stuff. <laughs> I'm sure there's some. Um, I'll get some people's inputs as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's the greatest thing in the world. It is, um, and you realise what sort of person you are when it happens as well. You really, um, yeah, it's 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 intense, but it's um, it's the best thing in the world. I I wouldn't change anything um, because it's got me this perfect girl um, who's just my everything. Um, as lame as that sounds. Um, but yeah, sorry that was a bit of a, like, intense episode, but, um, I think it's an important episode, because everyone has different stories, man, everyone has different stories, and like I said, the further on this show goes, I want to have, like, episodes of other parents on, episodes of dads on, um, hell, we'll get some mums on, you know, all, all this sort of stuff, you know, and we'll, um, we'll chat it out and everything, I'd love to hear other people's experiences, and hopefully you've all had good experiences, um, or you will have good experiences if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, I hope that was a informative-ish episode. Um, I kind of ramble a bit, man. I do apologize. I say it every single episode. I do ramble a little bit, but that's just um, that's just how I am. So um, I'm not going to go edit and things down because it takes away who I am. I'm not going to be doing that. Um, but thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any questions or anything about IVF, um, drop me a message. Um, you can leave me. You can drop me a, a DM on Instagram. I'll happily answer any questions. Um, drop me a comment on a video, whatever. It's not an issue. Um, I'll, I will answer what I can and what I know about. If I don't, I will ask my my partner, who will um <laughs> who will probably know more than me. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, again, if you did enjoy the episode and you do enjoy what you're hearing so far, please make sure you drop me a follow. Please. Make Make sure you drop me a review and um, drop me a follow on Instagram as well at How to Man Podcast. Um, uploading daily, sometimes twice daily. The community is growing really well, uh, really quickly actually at the moment, which is good. Um, I'm not sure what I've done. I've hit an algorithm somewhere. I'm not sure what it is. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for your time. I hope you have a good rest of your week. Thank you. Bye.